I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Well, all right, look, you know, I'm going to say this in my best journalistic, non-biased way and then get your opinions. <laughs> did, did everyone see the very interesting news that came out of Alberta? <laughs> no. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Tell me. Okay, well, Alberta. Science is fake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically. Oh, guys, I feel bad for people who live in Alberta who I don't re- feel that yeah. way. I really feel bad for a lot of people in Alberta. Uh, this is coming from the CBC. Mm-hmm. Alberta to remove most COVID-19 isolation testing requirements by mid-August. Um, Albertans who test positive for COVID-19 will no longer be required to enter isolation starting in less than three weeks. Let me repeat that. Albertans who test positive for COVID will not have to self-isolate in less than three weeks. When this came out, I believe this was maybe the last week. So now less than two weeks. Uh, and this was all coming out from the the province's chief medical officer. Wait, wait, wait. I heard what you said, but I yeah. have to ask, like, I, did I really just hear what you said? Yes. If they test positive. I have a devil's advocate for this. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. unsurprising. Uh, yeah. Maybe you hey. take that devil's advocate, <laughs> shove it up your ass for just a moment. I, I, I'm, I'm very curious okay. to hear that. Too, okay. but, through the rest but of this. I'm just saying, you, you said what you said. I if said what I said. If they test positive, yeah. they don't have to isolate. If you get COVID, you can go about your make, business. You can go make out with a group yeah. of people. Now, while a recent rise in COVID-19 cases has caused some anxiety, increase, uh, increasing vaccination rates are limiting the threat of severe outcomes and strains on the healthcare system, Dr. Dina Hinshaw said during a news conference. As a result, the province will start making COVID-19 protocols similar to those of the flu and other communicable diseases. Quote, when we first heard of COVID-19, we knew little of the virus and we had no treatments and no vaccines. <clears throat> Today, we are in a very different place, said Hinshaw. Changes to certain rules and protocols will take place in two phases and be implemented over a period of a few weeks. Under phase one, so starting uh, today, Thursday, as we record this, anyone with COVID-19 symptoms who receives it's a positive test. Uh, oh, it is. Sorry. Yeah. So so <laughs> tomorrow. Sorry. Thanks, Taylor. Um <laughs> Uh, receives a positive test result, must isolate, but quarantine for their close contacts will be recommended and not mandatory. Uh, quarantine could be required in some high-risk settings for outbreak management, they said. Anyone who tests positive will be notified, but contact tracers will no longer notify close contacts of exposure. So they're like, they're, they're removing, they're removing the, the contact tracing, 
this week. Right. So that's like phase one of this thing. And then it's phase in one, like two weeks. They're going back to, they're trying to, they're trying to go to pre COVID nothing. There is no, there's nothing to be concerned. Like that's where they're trying that, to go. That's where they're trying to go. The funny thing is that COVID is not gone. It's still here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, what's your devil ads? Be, uh, because as soon as you said that, I was okay. like, well, I want to. So I'll give you my, okay. well, let, let me get through the, the entire, sure. like, let me okay, get okay, through okay, all okay, the okay, phasing. Okay, so okay. you know exactly what they're, okay. what they're looking at. Okay. So, um, contact tracers will keep investigating cases at high risk settings, such as acute and continuing uh, care facilities. Outbreak management will also focus on high-risk settings, including high-risk workplaces. Community outbreaks with a surge of severe outcomes will be addressed as needed, the release says. In phase one, asymptomatic testing of contacts will no longer be recommended, but testing will remain available to people showing symptoms. So that's still phase one. Testing is still available. Mask mandates remain in effect when inside acute and continuing care facilities or when riding in public transit taxis or rideshare vehicles. They said, quote, over the next two weeks, we will closely monitor these changes and adapt as needed to give more time to vaccinate Albertans before the remaining changes begin on August 16th. Now, these upcoming changes in mid-August will be more significant. For example, the the provincial masking orders on transit, taxis, and rideshares will be lifted on that day. Um, Universal masking will not be required in schools when students return. But masks can be used as a temporary outbreak intervention in response to respiratory outbreaks. Now, phase two, which is slated for two weeks from now, later this month. Yeah. The most significant change will happen on August 16th in phase two when isolation following a positive test will no longer be required. Isolation in that situation, however, will be strongly recommended. (laughs) I think that's very funny that they're saying that. They're going, you don't have to, but we recommend that you do. We're going to tell you that you don't have to, but like... Because freedom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, People with symptoms of any respiratory infection should still stay home unless symptoms are gone. Mask mandates will be lifted. Um, Can I just say why I hate that? Like people people with respiratory um, illnesses should stay home. Like that's dumb because it's like, hey, if you are a healthy person, cool, like... No more Go, COVID rules. Yeah. If Go. you're a vulnerable, vulnerable, I hate that fucking word. You guys know you can that. Do it. Vulnerable, vulnerable person. Then, then tough luck. You're just going to have to continue yeah. to stay, stay home. It's like, like, isn't that fucked? It is. It is fucked. Isolation hotels and quarantine support will no longer be available. Uh, testing will be available to people with symptoms when needed for patient care decisions. Although Hinshaw noted that with mild symptoms won't need to be tested. Testing will be available through assessment centers until August 31st and through primary care facilities such as doctor's offices after that. Anyone with severe illness who needs urgent or emergency care can be tested. It actually makes me fucking mad. Like I, I actually didn't expect to feel like I disagree. Angry. I actually, I I disagree. And here's, and here's why. Tell me why. I think that that is where we need to go. I love but that. We're I not, love, I but love we're that not, you're saying this right now. But we're not there yet. Like, that's not where we that's are. That's why that's I'm why, angry. That's why it's fucking sure, infuriating. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Like, if... Dude, like, I think in... But, but all those rules, all those things that they're doing, are is is ultimately... 
But but like, like do you see like do you how do you feel about that? One hundred percent, I totally agree with that. But, but we're not have there you not yet. looked at the United States and no and no you're, seen no you're totally exactly right. what's happening no, with totally. like the the Delta variant and yeah. look and I, now so there's now there's listen, Delta Plus. I, I listened to Sorry, see that? yeah hold Delta on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Delta Plus. Is that is that a first class upgrade that you have to pay for? You do. Is there more lag room with Delta Plus? You do have to pay a monthly subscription, but Delta Plus apparently gives you way better movies. Wow, first access, first access. Okay, but but the thing that makes me mad is I listened to. First an episode of uh, the daily earlier this week and they were talking about uh delta the delta variant and how it's infecting people and uh infecting and affecting people in the united states and the thing that sort of like look like i i love the daily i think it's great journalism i think that sometimes there is like a slight tinge of like fear mongering just a slight, like enough sure. to like keep yeah. you engaged. Journalism, in the journalism, yeah. right? Has also, to, has to have it, it. it's also run by a bunch of liberal cucks that <laughs> yeah, are right. like just. <laughs> but but so so they were making it seem very bad. But at the end, at the end, they're like they're like, hey, listen, you know, like people who are who are double vaccinated, you know, aren't you know they're not being hospitalized, they're not getting that sick, they're they're not really even having that bad of symptoms from this, but the. The problem is, is that Most they're spreading it Most and they're carrying yeah. the same amount of the virus in their nose and throats yeah. as people who are unvaccinated. And which <clears throat> with the, the Delta variant, <clears throat> with the Delta variant, they're coming out now saying that it, it, it is it's looking like it is as um, transmissible as the chicken box. But imagine like this highly, is, highly. This is, so this is contagious. exactly. And this is the way that I think of it. If you were a cancer patient and you had cancer <clears throat> in your body. And they went to get rid of all the cancer in your in your body, and they did radiation, they did chemotherapy, and they got rid of almost all of it. But there was still a little bit. They did a final yeah. scan, and there was still a little bit in your body. They wouldn't go, ah, you know, close enough. Yeah. We're just gonna, we'll just. You don't need treatments anymore. We're just gonna let it go. Yeah, I, I because mean, it would just fucking take to, off and that, spread again. But that will eventually be the case. Eventually, it, not right now. But, but to your, to your, but not like it's not, not like going that. away. Right, right. It's not going away. But also, what we're trying to do is, and um, it was uh, Doctor Banerjee who spoke to us about global <laughs> vaccine inequity was yeah. was talking about how the, like if we don't stop yeah. the virus now. It will continue to on a, evolve on a global be, scale. It's there will be horrible. Delta pluses. Yeah, there will be other things like that. Yeah, and then it's going to be harder and harder to vaccinate. It's going to be harder to to give booster shots. So like, we need to like, we're almost fucking there. Yeah, we're so close. What I don't get and we is just that we waited a few more weeks. Yeah, and and guys, masking and isolating if you test positive. Considering there's there's really a in, in comparison to where we were at. There's a fairly small amount of cases active yeah. right now yeah. in Canada. If we just fucking if we just behave ourselves for another few weeks, Alberta few really Alberta really is the Florida of Canada. Well, yeah. But it fucks what? up like the thing that makes me so angry is it fucks up everywhere else. Like yeah. we were talking about going and doing shows in out west and doing a town <clears> in the fall and stuff. No, but if no, this shit no if this shit opens up like if they keep doing this, we're gonna be set back months. Yeah. Yeah. What I don't what I don't understand is that they did this in the States in, in certain places. And when they did that, I went, oh, man, I really fucking hope that goes well. Yeah, me too. Because that will signal, especially in like super dense population centers like L.A. and New York where they lifted stuff and now they're back into it. But when they lifted that, I went, fuck, man, I really hope that works. Because if it does, that's going to be a massive signal to all of North America and a lot of the world that like, hey, you can do this and it will work and we can manage things. That isn't the case. Yeah. And right. that's what's crazy is that that 
there's been experimentation going on. The exp- the results were not as expected or as hoped, but yet other people are still taking that lead, which I don't, which it's hard to wrap my head around. Cause it's yeah. like, man, like you're, you're, you're totally right. We're just not, we're not there yet. We, I hope we are. And I think we will be at some point. It's not right now, but seeing what other places have done and failed at mm. isn't a very good sign to go, Hey, let's do exactly what they did. Well, so, um, uh, there's, there was a doctor who came out, uh, he was on global news. I believe it was global who came out and about Albertan doctor. And he gave his opinion. Uh, we have the clip right here. Uh, we're, we're so confused as a population, like they're not going to be putting any protections in place and they're not going to be testing for infections. And they're going to let people with COVID walk around. Like when I tell people this story, their, their faces dropping like, that's not possible. They're, you're, you're lying to me. They can't be doing this. And I think it's this sense of incredulity that the the people that are in place to protect Albertans are are actually trying to make us sick. We're we're very confused. Doctor, the premier is saying that the cases no longer equal high levels of hospitalizations. That the focus needs to that. be more on vaccines. We don't know that. We don't know that. Nobody's nobody's gone ever <laughs> gone through uh, a cycle of complete relaxation of restrictions through Delta. Nobody. It's it's insane. It's this incredible experiment to see how many people we can get sick, have long term disability, and and possibly die. Like who does this to their own public? Who does this? Like what? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah. Um, uh, listen, I, I, so I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about this. I'm glad we, we got to see that in uh, CTV, not global. My bad. Um, but it ain't CBC. You know, you know what I mean? Like the quality is just a little bit lower. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. CBC is um, a cut above. Uh, but I, I do, I do. Sh- I, I think now is a good time to let our listeners at home know that um, uh, what's really fun about this recording right now, this Feel Good Friday recording, is that it's not just the four of us hanging out here. It's not, not just the three of us and and Lo over here hanging out at the computer. We also <clears throat> we also have um, some of our patrons hanging out with us <clears throat> because we decided to live stream our Feel Good Friday episode this week, and uh, and and I think we're gonna we're gonna make this kind of a semi regular thing. Um, but as we were having this conversation about the the whackness that's coming out of Alberta. Uh the comments were popping off from yeah. our patient our patrons in the uh in the live stream. What what do you uh, what do you got there, Lo? Who's 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 chiming in? Uh, so, uh some really great comments. Uh here's one from Megs. Uh she's up, Megs? she wrote uh it's almost like it's ableist <laughs> about <laughs> about just yeah, <laughs> about just like telling people, "Oh, stay inside if uh you know you're you're vulnerable or you're lungs hurt." Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Roisin made another really good comment. Uh, she said, uh, kind of along the lines of what you were saying, Tay, um, the thing is that COVID, uh, is probably going to become endemic like the flu, but right now we're still in the heart of the pandemic, which means our approach mm. needs to yeah. be different. They yeah. are jumping ahead too fast and too far. I'm so happy I, that we have such smart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's, a, so that's, great. that's, uh, that is precisely how I feel summed up in, in, in concise. We, we also have a poll, uh, here on the live stream, which is what are your thoughts on the Alberta opening up so aggressively? 
there were two options to choose from. They Cray, uh, <laughs> and the other one was About Damn Time. And um, uh, 100% of the votes were They Cray. <laughs> uh, so I have a question for you guys. <laughs> couldn't disagree more. Like in the in the. It's similar to the like, to the to the comment there, like when it does become endemic, because I'm curious to know how you feel, because I think us as a population will get to a point where where we go, where we are at a place where those rules. Where those rules will 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 be put into place at a time where it's way more appropriate yeah. in in most places in Canada and and. But yet there will still be, there's, like, there there's, will still be, COVID. there's always going to be COVID, be, but, but yeah. I think that to, to make that decision so early on is a very poor decision, especially when, especially when we're looking at like, so like Brian made a really good point in, in the fact that, you know, um, that there's, there's like, I, I, I have the stat right here, actually. It's, um, when it comes to the, the vaccinations that are being given out. Um, the WHO general director general Tedros uh, Adhanom. It's okay. To you can do it. Uh, he said that uh, he, he said, said with confidence. <clears throat> he said that richer countries had administered about 100 doses of coronavirus vaccines for every 100 uh, every 100 people on average. Sorry, say that again. So uh, richer countries have administered about 100 doses of vaccine. For every 100 people, so on about, average, we're about 50 percent vaccinated. While because, low, while low yeah. income countries, hampered by short supplies, have provided only about 1.5 doses per 100 people. So, yeah. like, we're at a time right now where 0.75 percent. The, there's a, there's a huge swath of the planet that isn't getting vaccinated, and that's where we're seeing these crazy variants popping up. And for Alberta to go, all right, we're pulling the fucking plug. Like, you don't need to get tested. You don't need to wear a mask. Um, uh, hell, like you don't need to fucking get self isolate if you have it. Who's the fuck? Like this doctor just said, we don't know. We don't fucking know. What the fuck are they talking about? We don't know that there's not some variant that that is being like brewed up right now in India that could travel over here and just decimate, you know, a massive portion of the population, even those who are vaccinated. So, like, yes, I totally get that the steps they are taking are really positive steps in the right direction if, if we, we were, were at a time where it made <laughs> fucking sense. Yeah, if it were but it doesn't make sense. It's but, so yeah. outside of like, but my and question, it's so outside of everything else that Canada is doing. Like, and Alberta's always been like this. Look, I know we got a lot of listeners in Alberta and we fucking love you guys. We can't but, paint them all with the but same what, brush. But, 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 but you live there and it's partially your but, fault. But my question, um, my question is, my question is make agreeing that that is for sure the case right now. And I'm just posing this as like a, as like a, you know, this is a question that will, that there will probably never be a right answer to. And every government yeah. all over the planet and every provincial government here in Canada or state government in the U.S. or what, wherever the fuck are going to have to ask this question at some point and go, what, when is that, like, when is that time truly right like when yeah. will that be, and how will we know it? Like that's did you? That's sorry, a very. That's did, a very. Did you say? Can you say that again? Did you say that there's never a time? What did you say? Did you say like there's never a time for to ask? That, Jeremy's having a stroke. Jeremy's having a stroke. You said something there of like of like it's it's never that like there's never a time to. 
there's never a, a um, we'll it's, never know when to ask the actual, like we'll never know when to ask the question. <laughs> we'll never know when it's the right time to we'll, start opening. We'll never know up. when it's the right time. Right. But it will I, be, I at, with that. it will be at some point, but how, right. but, but how but what, will it be? Will it ever be clear or will it be something that just in hindsight we go, fuck, we took a gamble and then that was right. I think you're right in that we'll never know when there's, when it's the right time, but I think it's, it's, it, it's, it's definitely it, not now. It's, it, it's definitely easy to tell when it's for sure it's the crazy. fucking wrong to time. Me, to yeah. me, it's a matter of like, are you a selfless person or are you a selfish person? Because a lot of people look at this and go, well, it's only 1% of the people who are getting sick and dying. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but like if you this think is the, about this it, this is the version it, of the guy it, who doesn't want to pull his fucking mask up over his face in the grocery store. Yeah, it, but on the on a national level. But the thing is, is 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 that it's like okay, you take the United States for example, three hundred four hundred million people, one percent of the population gets really sick and is at risk of losing their lives. Then you have you know one to one to four or sorry three to four million people that will die. Yeah. So, are is that okay? Are you okay with that? Because I just, there's like when from a governmental are, level, at and, some point they have it's, to. Be. It goes back to that stat of like, unfortunately, um, uh, one death is a tragedy, and a, yeah, yeah. and yeah, a thousand yeah. deaths is a statistic. Yeah, yeah. Lo, so, what, what were you gonna say? I just think it's like I just think it's wild that they're going to get rid of the restrictions, but then also get rid of things that could mitigate a possible slash inevitable outbreak, like getting rid of the contact trusting, uh, contact trusting the contact tracing and testing to me is like, okay, like if you're, if you're going to go and lift restrictions and try and see, because as we, like, as we've been saying, like, Oh, it's going to be really hard to figure out like what the good time is, but those types of things will help you, like scale things back and lock keep, things yeah, down. At, It'll give you right. information and valuable data. Yeah. Well, and they're least, just being, they're at not least doing keep it. some of those things yeah. that tr- truly do make a fucking massive difference. Absolutely. Like, to what you said, Bri, like it comes down to being a selfish, a selfish or a selfless person. It is fundamentally like in a political sense, that is sort of the difference between conservative totally. people and liberal I people. Totally and I don't, agree. and I don't mean at all that if you're conservative, you can't be, selfless and i don't mean that if you're liberal you can't be selfish because obviously you can but when you you're a liberal but when you (laughs) unless you're a liberal cuck but if you zoom out if you zoom out you look at the like the main political differences between conservatives and liberals and you get you get liberals who are broad broadly more more community and like like taking a more community look at how we all exist together and on a cons- on the conservative end, you go way you dig way deeper into like personal rights and freedoms, and then when you have like a place like people like us who live in Nova Scotia, which is way more liberal minded, and then you get a province like Alberta, which is much more conservative minded broadly, then that's <laughs> you know what we need. Is? What we need we need is and and you you kind of you accidentally did this, but I think it was kind of brilliant what you accidentally did was you said Guys, selfish. And I think what we need, we need to be a little bit more center. Everyone does. And and we need to be a little bit more selfless. I figured it out. I actually figured it out. Think about this. The example of Nova Scotia versus Alberta. We're liberal. We, we are more selfless. We tend to like each other, like our neighbors. We like each other because everybody's selfless. If you lived in Alberta and everybody was selfish, then you'd be like, I fucking hate my neighbor. I just want to protect myself. It's all about my own independence and freedoms and my own personal rights. And you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to share with your neighbor, right? Because they're a dick too. 
That's it. It's it's if you're living living in a community of I don't of, like what you're saying here, Brian. Of, I'll tell you why. I'm painting everybody with the same brush. <laughs> let me do it. You really <laughs> are. Just, just let me do it. Yeah, you really are. Um, if you're a Republican, you just yeah. hate all other yeah, people. And right. if you're uh, right. a Democrat, you love everybody. Um, well, that it's very interesting, and I guess we will see. Time will tell. We'll I'm see not what, wrong. what you know. What <laughs> Albertans do want to share with their neighbors. They want to share COVID. Oh, that's <laughs> share some of that bit. And we will find out how much COVID is shared uh, in due time. We'll so, see how that uh, fucking this goes. Is probably speaking of talking about Alberta, this is probably a great time to plug our upcoming fall live shows in Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, we will not. Uh, I love that. Brian's like, fuck you. You're selfish but come to our show please Um, so here's a here's a really interesting genetic study that i found that i think uh i think you guys are gonna find really interesting so uh the the title the title of this article which i i erased because i was like i can't say this It, it it makes me sad but what i wrote down was early risers and depression all right so this has to do with uh depression and waking up earlier uh a new genetic study published in the journal JAMA, Psychiatry, uh, JAMA, uh, on May 26th, reveals that waking up one hour earlier can reduce a person's chance of serious depression by 23%. Yeah, that makes sense. Can you say that again? Uh, Yes, I can. Reduces 23% if you get up early. Waking up one hour earlier can reduce a person's chance of serious depression by 23%. It's basically as soon as I started sleeping in, I became more depressed. Yeah. And what a and what a kick in the fucking teeth since everyone with depression wants to sleep. <laughs> yes. It's actually. true, yeah. And they, they, they do go into that in this. Uh, researchers at the University of Colorado Boulder and hence the, uh, the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard studied 840,000 people, almost a million people, and found some of the best evidence yet that chronotype influences depression risk. Now, chronotype is an individual's proclivity to sleep at a specific time. And this is genetic, which I I did not know. Uh, they, They talk about it on your 23andMe test. Well, they used 23andMe and oh, no the way. National Data Bank uh, to to pull a lot of the stats for okay, this, sweet. which I removed from what I'm about to read. But anyway, good thing you brought that up because that's in there. Uh, during the, the this pandemic period, many people changed their daily routine. Uh, many started working from home and and learning from home. Eventually, this led to many uh, to many shifts to a later sleep schedule. So, the above mentioned research findings could have important implications. For some, uh, for, for some time, this is really funny. The sentence is, for some time, scientists knew that there is a relationship between yada, yada, yada. But when I first read it, I was like, for some time, scientists. <laughs> like some that, are, some that are studying time travel. <laughs> for some time, scientists knew that there is a relationship between <laughs> sleep timing and mood. But they were never sure about how much time someone needs to go to bed to uh, ascertain a benefit. Finally, they found that even one hour earlier sleeping sleep timing is related to a significantly lower risk of depression. So, so even going to bed earlier, <laughs> yes, because so, it's not like if I if I continue to go to bed at two in the morning and I'm like I'm going to be twenty three percent less depressed if I wake up an hour earlier and then I start getting up at like seven. You're just and getting less sleep. Yeah, it, yeah. I'll probably just be yeah. 50% more depressed. <laughs> yeah, so they, they do go into that in here. Uh, uh, previous previous ob- observational studies showed that night owls, so like myself, 
uh, people who are going to bed later than the average are likely to suffer from depression uh, as twice as early risers, no matter how long they sleep. I feel so. It doesn't even matter. That doesn't even matter how long you sleep. If you're going to bed later, you are more likely to to um, suffer from from depression. Mm. Uh, but because mood disorders themselves can disrupt sleep patterns, researchers have had a hard time deciphering what causes what. Scientists in this particular study, using novel statistical techniques, they tried to find an answer. And the novel t- techniques were taking the, the 23 meat data and then doing some weird thing that I, the, the reason I removed it is I was like, this is way over our heads. Um, yeah. So they, smart. they were, t- yeah, thanks. Um, uh, but you guys remember the first, the one time I tried to bring something up on the show that I was reading it going, I don't think we, any of us know what any of this is. I'm pretty sure I started checking my phone. Yeah. Uh, scientists, scientists in this particular study, uh, using a novel statistical techniques, they tried to find an answer to a very important question. And that question was, do people with genetic variants, which predispose them to be early risers, have a lower risk of depression? And the answer was a firm yes. So, so this is really fucking interesting. This is the, the number that really kind of uh, shocked me. Each one hour earlier sleep is considered to be lowering the risk of major clinical depression by 23%. And that stacks. This so is a, this is an ad for 23 and me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is an ad for, um, for uh, Endy mattresses. <laughs> uh, according to the results, we can come to a conclusion that if someone who normally goes to bed at 1 a.m. goes to bed at 12 a.m. instead and sleeps an equivalent duration they might cut the risk by 23%. Similarly, if they are going to bed instead of, uh, instead of at midnight, if they go to bed at 11, 11 p.m., they might cut it by about 40%. This, this that's, actually, fucking, that's fucking this, crazy. See, I, I feel like at first I was like, I, I'm hopeful. Like maybe I could just start going to bed earlier, but now I just feel like, I won't be able to, and now I'm just destined to be more depressed. But would you guys, Perhaps. would you guys agree? I mean, now I know that when I stay up late, when I stay up late, I'm, I'm very rarely staying up late because I'm being productive in any way. But when I get up earlier than I usually do, it's usually always <clears throat> to increase my productivity. And I mean, everyone's, everyone's different, but I, there's, there's, I think there's, I'm, I think I'm there's different. a pretty, I think there's a pretty direct I I, correlation between, between feeling productive, like the feeling of being productive and it does, and, it's a very and, intense feeling and feeling satisfied of, of, of positivity, you know, and I, I'm, yeah. I actually find that I might actually be in like a, I'm not getting up at crazy early hours. Like I'm not a fucking David Goggins over here getting up at 4am, but <laughs> I do find that even when I wake up early, which early for me is like seven or yeah. earlier. I feel like I'm I'm then chasing an earlier rise because I feel so good about getting up earlier. See, yeah. for me, I'm, I'm I will also go to bed earlier if I'm getting up. I'm earlier. I'm really um I tend to be more creative. That camera just shut off. At uh, I tend to be more creative at between the hours of like nine and midnight, and so I oftentimes will do a lot of creative stuff. Then, like if I'm uh, drawing or illustrating or um, playing around in like in blender or doing some after effects stuff or editing some videos. Yeah. Like I love that time to do that type of work, but then, um, I need decompression time after that. Like I can't just like <clears throat> switch off from right. that. Yeah. And so if I stop at midnight, 
I still need like an hour to like just watch a YouTube video yeah. or like put on some TV or do something. And so um, I really love, like I live for that time after like 10 o'clock in the yeah. but, um But then I can't, like I can't wake up early yeah. because yeah. I lose that time. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. So, yeah. so it's unclear from the study whether those that already are early risers may benefit from getting up even earlier. Uh, except for those within the intermediate range or e- or evening range, shifting to an earlier bedtime would would likely be helpful. So, okay, then they're asking, well, what, why, like, what could explain this effect? Right? They don't know for sure. Uh, but some research suggests that getting greater light exposure during the day, which early risers tend to urge, uh, leads to a cascade of hormonal impacts, which will influence mood. And uh, reading that, I found uh, it made me think about the times that I've gotten up like earlier than I typically would have. I get up pretty much every morning at 8 a.m. But if you and I are going to go for a morning paddle, I have to get up a little bit earlier and I'm definitely out the door way fucking earlier than I would be, even yeah. if I got up at eight. If I got up at eight, maybe I'll lay in bed till like eight thirty, maybe even nine o'clock some mornings. Mm-hmm. And then it's like make my coffee. I don't really I still don't go outside. Maybe I don't get outside until like fucking noon or one. You know, yeah. like I'm inside I'm like, oh, I'll do work at the fucking uh, at the island. Having and a dog changes that. It so that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. I'm getting up every fucking morning with donut at you know, at pretty much every morning at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. and going straight outside. And it, it's I really, awesome. It's, it's not only awesome. does it feel awesome, but after reading this, I'm starting to realize like, it's not just the feeling like the, 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 how do I say this? It's not just the, the, the feeling like, uh, like, the feeling of like a, um, um, I don't know, like, like, like the surface level of a feeling like an emotion, but they're really, it's at the base of it. It's deeper than that. Like it, it is a, it is a, it is an internal mm. shift. You I know, feel like hormonal if, shift. If I get up and go for a bike ride and I'm done that ride. Oh, your day's the best before day I, before I, before I would have gotten up and like had my coffee and all that shit. Yeah. I feel like I could fucking run Tesla. Yeah. I've, yeah. Like I feel like I could just take, a Fortune 500 company and fucking take it to the next guys level. Yeah. Guys, I think it's time that I brought back Wednesday morning workouts. Okay, Wednesday morning. Think? I'm just gonna. Rides con- I'm just gonna. Con- I'm just gonna <laughs> continue. <laughs> but but with I, I do want to say I, I just want to I just want to add the last thing um, for me is that like I spent 15 years of my life waking up at 5:30 in the morning to go training <laughs> yeah. almost almost every day of the yeah. week and on off days. I was just waking up at that time yeah. every yeah. day anyway. Yeah. And so a couple of years ago when I stopped, and even after I was training, I was coaching and getting up at that time. So when I stopped coaching, um, I, my sleep schedule changed dramatically. Like Ooh. I just, I, that's mm-hmm. when I started staying up later. 
And I think I really started to appreciate the nighttime because I had rarely experienced it before. So I, I romanticized it for so long that now I think of it in that way where I'm like, oh, I just love being up at like mm. midnight. And I think I could switch that and sort of say like, I'm glad I appreciated that time at night being awake, but I should be getting up early, exercising yeah. and going to bed much earlier because I know for a fact that when I get up in the morning and exercise, when I finish, I have the best day ever. It's, like it's always yeah. the best day. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So I, I should stress here, um, and they go on to stress that an, a, an outsized randomized clinical test is important to work out definitively whether getting to bed early can reduce depression. Uh, this study definitely gives evidence supporting the effect of sleep timing on depression. So mm -hmm. I just thought that was really, really <laughs> fascinating and would love to, you know, I, I hope that they continue with this research because I think it would be really very helpful for a lot of people. I'm curious about <clears throat> from it, from it being a genetic disposition to, to get up early or not. Like I, the exact opposite of you, Bri, like in hockey, we never had to fucking get up early ever. And I was always watching you as a, when we were growing up being like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you, do you, you get up sleep to like three in the afternoon? I used to sleep in like crazy regular, and, and right. go to bed like between 17 and 20 i went to bed at 2 a.m every mm. day mm. and then and then i don't know how <clears throat> around the around maybe like 25 26 27 maybe i just started get i just started wanting to be up early and it became easier it's not easy it's still not easy to get up early but it became way easier and i felt like i had much more drive to get up early mm. and i don't know and i'm and so for me i'm going wait am i gen Am I genetic? I don't know which way I'm genetically mm. disposed to go either way. And what one is, what one did I, what direction did I change from? It's like nature versus nature yeah, in that yeah, sense. Yeah, totally. And, and that's, that's a cure. That's something I'm curious about for myself. 23andMe. Yep. Yeah. You uh, use our discount code, sickboy10. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't use it because it doesn't exist. That's, Sorry. That's not real. Uh, Lo, what, uh, what are the patrons saying about their sleep patterns? Uh, anything, anything interesting coming up in the comments there? Uh, Brian's getting chirped for putting his feet on the table uh, by by Justin, our past guest, uh, who is a patron, and uh, you could check out his episode on uh, this is hemochromatosis. A, this is a feet on fun. the table for safe space. Yeah, uh, and, if, but, and also for all the people with foot fetishes that are watching on YouTube, I see you. And Justin has yeah. that, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like hey, you're welcome, hello. Um, but uh, but yeah, people are uh, people uh, are reacting with dismay, uh, Mel. <laughs> saying that she's a bad sleeper mel and steena are both like i wake up at like 5 6 a.m i'm supposed to get up at four what is this yeah, yeah right i really do i really feel because kyla my partner is my part my partner is really really bad at sleeping and she wakes up really easily and if she wakes up early in the morning she can't get back to sleep even though she wants to and i and on the I'm on the opposite end of things, and I know you are too, and I think you are as well, Jer. Oh like, man, I could sleep. You could sleep anywhere. I could sleep. He's asleep right now. <laughs> I'm falling asleep talking about your guys' sleep. Uh, his eyes are open, <laughs> but he's no longer with us. Uh, yeah, like I, I feel really bad for for people who who can't who can't sleep. It sucks. But if you listen to if you listen to um, uh, Matthew Walker, he's been on, on Joe number, Rogan. He's been on. He's been on. He's been on Joe Rogan. Yeah, he was on Rogan. He's been on a number of podcasts. Um, him and Andrew Huberman are actually doing something together. They're they're doing a podcast together, talking about like sleep. Listening to him talk about sleep 
is one of the most one of the most like earth shattering experiences yeah. like because it yeah. does change it will change your outlook on sleep for the rest of your life and he gives like a ton of advice like easy to, easy <clears throat> to implement yeah. strategies on how to improve your sleep and because just because i live with somebody who i know is 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 has a really tough time sleeping i yeah. really recommend uh reading and listening to matthew walker yeah. how successful have you been at mansplaining sleep to kyla <laughs> uh, i mean you know i'm still chipping away at it I'm still chipping away i mean there's a couple of mansplain concepts that are a little over her head have you but... shared any of, of your tips or techniques uh, <laughs> so so uh, here let me just <clears throat> let me explain this to hey you. kyla have you tried uh laying down have, have you, you tried it? clearing your mind have you have tried, you tried cl- Counting sheep. <laughs> Have you tried to just close your eyes? A bit? <laughs> um, so this uh, this past like two days, I was in Montreal, and uh, and I gotta say, flying, getting on a plane and flying to Montreal was a very bizarre experience. I don't, I wouldn't say I liked it. It, uh, it, I didn't feel comfortable. I, I wasn't like, I wasn't freaked out or scared or anything, but I was kind of like. Hmm. Did you it's find yourself feel like feel good? Did you, you find yourself like it's in the sit, air, sitting there on the plane, like looking around and going, "How many of you are from Alberta?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after I Dude, got home, Brian? I read that shit today, <laughs> and I went, Alberta. "Fuck me!" <laughs> like, probably a bunch of probably bunch of stupid Albertans on this on that flight I took this morning. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, um, it's a joke. I was in Montreal. We love you individually. <laughs> we hate you broadly. And uh, the reason I was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason I was there was because I was uh, I was shooting a I was shooting a, a six part uh, I was a part of a six part miniseries about uh, sexuality in Canada and it was a very fun shoot uh, had a really great time met lots of lovely people thank you big shout out to Noble Television out of Montreal for all the hard work that they're doing on this show I think it's going to be really great um, and it's going to be on CBC so just throwing that out there it's a CBC gem show it should, should be coming out in March um, but but I was there. And most of my time in Montreal, I spent in my hotel room. I didn't really go out and explore or anything. I was only there for for like really a full day. Um, and so I was sitting in my hotel room doing a lot of prep for this 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 interview that I was doing. And um, I ordered some food. Uber Eats shows up, bring it up to the hotel room. And I sit down and I crack open. Uh, it was like a a, a a poke bowl. Poke, man, they got lots of poke in fucking Montreal. They love mm-hmm. it. So it's really good poke. And I'm I'm eating this like you know raw fish that's just covered in like, um, in this Chipotle lime. Mayo? No, it was this lime wasabi <laughs> sauce. And I ordered an extra lime wasabi sauce. And it's a very runny, greenish liquid mm. that is just covering my food. Mm. Now, mm. as I'm doing this. I bring up YouTube and I'm like, oh, I'll just watch a couple of videos while I kill some time here. And the first thing that pops up in my feed is a new sick boy video. Uh, it's not a feel good Friday episode. It's some of the content that we've been putting out outside of these feel good Friday episodes on YouTube, uh, which have been really fun. And, and uh, a lot of these videos that we're putting out are like commenting on TikTok videos. <laughs> and so this one pops up and I'm like, hey, I didn't. I didn't make this video. Guys, I'm not, this, this is my favorite thing. I'm not a part of this. <laughs> Brian, and daddy's Taylor, away. The boys will play. <laughs> yeah, Brian and Taylor must have made something while I was away, and so I, it's you know it, it populated immediately. It's probably been on YouTube for three minutes total, and I'm like, I'll watch this, and I click on it. I don't know what the fucking title was. I don't. Even, I don't even think I read it. I think I just saw WTF, which is basically on every fucking graphic that we put on YouTube anyway. <laughs> so. 
So I'll tell you, I'll tell you the title <laughs> too. WTF? Uh, the, the, the title was We React to the Gnarliest Medical TikToks. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I put this thing on. And there's two TikToks that you guys show. One is a really nasty video of a guy getting his feet. Well, I, pre- I wish I prepped it so that we could give Justin some fucking jerk off material here. But it was a guy. It was a guy getting his feet like it, so like, sorry, Justin. Literally like an inch of fucking uh, like like fungus <laughs> shaved off his feet. And when I say shaved, I mean like with a fucking mandolin, like like just peeled off like a fucking cheese grater. <laughs> it was nasty. And I was like, whatever, I can watch that. That's not that bad. And then the next video, Dude, I found a gem. You did find a gem. And here's the thing. <laughs> we have this thing where we love to watch really fucked up medical videos. We do it on our live streams. When we do live shows. Um, Thank you. Your we, mom says we kind of like, we kind of like force people to watch this shit with us. <laughs> and there's a lot of those videos that or, or it's not that or, bad or images yes. that I find really hard to like. I can't look at eye stuff. Not that good. The teeth stuff is hard. Uh, like our last live stream with the patrons, like there was some, I brought some really fucking crazy photos <laughs> to the, to the, to the fold. And, and I think that we're, what we're doing is we're ultimately humanizing the medical experience. We are, yes. Now here's one, here's one. That's a reach. Here's one it's series it. of videos that not only do I not have a hard time watching, I actually go out of my way to yeah. watch. I love pimple popping. I love seeing things being either pulled or squeezed or like forced out of skin. No. I fucking love it. No. And this is one of the videos that you guys played. Oh, but the funny thing was you played it while I was like slurping down this wasabi sauce that <sighs> looks like fucking pus. And here's the video right here. This is the TikTok that you guys talked about in the video. If you want to go check it out, go this. watch the full video on YouTube. Fuck. But if you're watching right now, you can see a little clip from that video. Okay, here we go with the cyst. You're ready? Come in. It's going to fly out. Stand back, everybody. Oh, dude, he oh, pokes no, so no, deep. No, no. Oh, yeah, baby. Dude, look how it flies out. Oh, oh dude, it makes me grind my teeth wow. again. It's so painful, though, too. It's oh, that looks so very painful. painful. Like I had depending, an, depending on where it is. I had an abscess in my shoulder That's an a few ouchie. years back, and it That's was an ouchie spot. Fucking yeah. insane. They yeah. almost thought it wasn't one because they like yeah. poked it or they did an initial, he did an initial incision yeah. and only blood came out. And he was like, I, I could tell he had his full weight on my back Dude, as a person. Yeah. And then he was like, oh shit, this might not be an abscess like we thought. And then they cut deeper and he was like, oh, oh. And it was like, he came. Now, do you have, he started coming? We both exploded. Do, yeah. do you have video? Do you have video of this? I have pictures of the aftermath. I have a couple pictures. Oh. And then, yeah, one of my friends helped me, like, afterwards drain the, yeah. the leftover oh. pus. Do you have video of that? My God. No. Tate, what the Tate, fuck, Lauren? But my Tate. friend Becky is a true fucking friend. Yeah. And Tate, that's the day I found it out. Do you have your phone on you? No. I text, don't. Oh, fuck. I was going to say text Dennis and get him to send the video of, or not video, but the photos of, so his dog, Finn. Oh had, yeah! Do you remember when she had that? No, here, here's the thing. I don't. I don't. Just I, I don't like it on animals. And, no. And and yeah, it, I don't and like that. They took her into the vet, and it exploded in the vet's office. And he sent me photos of the room. Yeah. So hold it on. So disgusting. you find that satisfying? I love it. Okay. Now, patrons, but, 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 wait, wait, patrons wait, wait, in the comments. I I don't like it when I'm eating wasabi. Can we do a poll? We do have a poll, and actually, the poll is up. 
So I'm going to get to the poll after because there's something else that I wanted to introduce before we do the poll. Um, but I'm sure the comments are blowing the fuck up right now. Let me move on to the second thing and then we'll go, we'll get into what our patrons are saying. Um, are you guys familiar with what bot flies are? Yes. yes. Okay. So a bot fly, if you don't know, I've seen them in cats. It's also known as a warble fly. I hate them. Um, or a heel fly. <laughs> I hate them. Cat, cats, and, not bot flies. And, <laughs> and gads, it's cats, Brian, I'm fucking out. <laughs> so what, from what I've gathered, and I was doing some reading today, what bot flies do is they will fly around and they will, uh, they'll basically like in the midair, they will rugby tackle a mosquito. They'll grab the mosquito and they will just spray a bunch of cum all over the mosquito. Oh, dude, think, exactly like they, Loki with Rupert. That's right. The exact <laughs> same thing. dog with my dog. Yeah. Um, and so so this uh, bot fly covers the, the mosquito in eggs, essentially. Mosquito lays on you, lands on you, and the eggs fall off the belly of the mosquito. And then the, the heat from your skin activates the larvae. Larvae? Larvae? Larvae. 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 And larva. Just larva. larva. I think it's just larva. Larvae. Yeah. And so the, the heat <laughs> will activate it and then they burrow into your skin. Now, Love. when they burrow into your skin, they grow. I'm itchy. And yeah. here's the thing. People remove bot flies from their skin. The lot, you can grab tweezers, go in into the hole, oh. grab it and pull it out. Don't show us a bot fly. Video. However, don't show us a bunch of bot flies. Together. You don't have to do that. You can actually let the bot fly exist, live out its its cycle, which takes about six months. And after about six months, it forces it like oh. and it forces itself out and then pops out of you and then lays on the ground and has and gives birth. Wait, 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 wait. Why? Why would you do this? Well, why you wouldn't... One of the reasons why you may not want to actually remove the botfly yourself is that they have lined around them in rings all the way down barbs that are meant to keep them in there. So when you go to pull it out, it's very painful because you're basically shredding the inside of the... The 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 wound. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't I don't care. So I'm not he, letting that thing live in me for six months. Well, let's take a moment and see someone who didn't let it live in them for six months. Here we go. Not having health insurance, you wind up having to pull the shit out of yourself on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> now this isn't it. There, there's more. Look how big that fucking thing. Is. Whoa! Look at that. Now you can see the size of those fucks. They are the size of, I believe that's a quarter. I don't know for sure. Uh, Is that a quarter? Know. I think it might be a dime, maybe. Mel, Mel, I, I know that you're in the chat there and you're American. If you can let us know if that's a quarter, that would be great. But those things are not small. Now you see those little black like dots around it? I think those are the barbs. So you can see they have, it's not like an insignificant amount of these fucking nasty ass barbs. Dude. Uh, yeah, I oh, don't that, like that. That is. Now, here's the thing. I horrible. showed you that just to get back at you for me watching that fucking <laughs> YouTube video while I was eating my poke and I couldn't finish my poke. Yeah, that's really, man, that makes me, that makes, um, that makes my wiener 
the tip of my <laughs> wiener kind of feel a little strange. Which would you rather? My, which then makes my belly button feel weird. Would you rather? <laughs> would you rather have a bot fly in you, or would you rather have a one of those cysts well, that you have to squeeze? So funny you ask that because the the poll that I put on <laughs> here no, is what would you rather have removed from your body? <laughs> bot fly larvae, one pound of cyst juice. Or well, all of your fingers lot. but one. <laughs> <laughs> now in context. Yeah, now in context, so, it doesn't really make as much sense. But Lauren gave me that one, and I do still think it's funny. <laughs> it's got, I had no idea what it was for. Jeremy just like asked me across Ooh. the room, hey, Lauren, uh, I'm coming up with the quiz responses. What, the prompt is, what would you rather have removed from your body? And I was like, all your fingers but one. And then everything <laughs> else is so like different. So, so do you want to hear uh, I would the say results? All, I would say all of of my fingers except one because no. uh dead serious because when i was 12 years old i got my first paper route and it was my first time <laughs> it was it was my first time um signing a contract and so i my parents like sat down with me and they were like make sure you read all the way through so we we read it all together and there was this part that was like injured on the job and it was like the amount of money you would get paid out for different uh harm that was done to your body oh wow and it was Loss of finger, $80,000. And I I literally was signing the paper and I was like looking at my pinky You're finger like, and I was I like, I could lose this. $80,000. That would oh, set you up, that had set you up pretty oh, good. Shit. Yo, so, okay. I was about to say what the poll, uh, what the poll was. Uh, we had, we had for a moment, we had 100% vote one of those three things. What do you think it was? Botfly larvae. 100% of people said botfly larvae. Really? In in yeah. you telling that story about the finger, someone changed their vote to one pound of cyst yeah. Stina. Stina. <laughs> Stina's like, I'm fucking out. You know what they call that? An influencer. Ah, that's it. That's it. Brian, you're an influencer. Um yeah, so baby. speaking of speaking of gnarly nar nar, um, I have uh oh no, I didn't fucking prep the image. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, it's uh it's okay because Brian will insert it here so you can see it on the YouTube video. The image that you're looking at right now is Leonid uh, Ragozov, a 27-year-old Soviet doctor performing surgery on himself to remove an infected appendix during a 1961 expedition to the Antarctic. I heard about this. He was the only doctor on the team. So this photo, Lowe put it in Slack, and I looked at it. And the photo, I mean, if if you're listening, uh, the photo is really wild. It's a black and white photo of a doctor laying on a, on, on like a gurney and he's propped up the way that you would be propped up if you were in a yeah, hospital I'll bed, re- like I'll trying to watch it while you say it. Yeah. Perfect. So basically you're propped up like the same way that we sit in these chairs and he's looking at his own stomach and he's got like sutures and fucking tools going into his very blood soaked stomach. I'll reenact the people who were standing by. This is it. Yeah. This is perfect. Wow. Uh, you guys are really good actors. Uh, yeah, yeah. It hurts. Yeah, that's it. Nice. I like this. I like this. So basically, um, uh, the guy was was in the in the Antarctic. He was the only doctor on this team. Realized that he had appendicitis and was like, "I got to get rid of this, or else I'm going to die of sepsis." And performed surgery on himself because he was the only one that could do it. So that made me curious about this whole notion of self surgery. 
And this, I, is I thought this, I heard that is is he the only guy who's done the appendix thing? I thought I heard of a, that a couple times. There's there so it, there's actually quite a few people that have gone down this road. There's probably a community on Reddit of self surgery, <laughs> uh, and self surgery is going to be this week's. Uh, it's a kink. This week's um, segment of what the hell? No, um, uh, that was it. Uh, so self surgery <laughs> is the act of performing a surgical procedure on oneself. I also, I want to say this, this took me down a very interesting rabbit hole that led me to a place that I was not expecting to go. And I'm, I'm taking you there. This sounds like the start of an awesome podcast. This, it could be. <laughs> Let's um, go. <laughs> uh, it can be an act taken in extreme circun- circumstances out of necessity, an attempt to avoid embarrassment, legal action, or financial costs. Or rare manifestation of psychological disorder. Now, that is very scary and and fucked up. We're not going to go down that road. But there are a number of different types of self-surgeries that have taken place. Uh, The genitals, for one. This one's very interesting. That must be the embarrassment. Uh, These, no, not quite. These surgeries are generally the least life-threatening. Sometimes people resort to self-surgery in the form of castration in an attempt to control their sexual urges or due to gender dysphoria. Oh. Listen to this. Boston Corbett, a soldier who, the the soldier who killed Abraham Lincoln's assassin, John Wilkes Booth, had performed performed self-surgery earlier in life. He castrated himself with a pair of scissors in order to avoid the temptation of prostitutes. That's way too extreme, dude. When he was done, he went to a prayer meeting and ate a meal before going to seek medical treatment. Can you just like get it's one of those fucking very different times? Can you just get one of those uh, very different chastity cages or whatever? A chastity belt, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have. It seems that is threw the key away. This kind of bums me out. Yeah, lock lock your dick up that. in a cage, throw the key away, man. Dude, that is. Can you put yourself in that headspace? Let's for a just sec? not do it. I would it. love to see that in a film. I'd love to see that character in a film. That that's it would be, a, it would be very an amazing. Like that could be a an Oscar winning yeah, performance yeah. to act out that scene. Uh, wow. Then we have abdominal surgeries, and this has quite a few different um, uh, uh, moments in history of, of abdominal surgery. So, could you imagine digging at your own stomach with a knife on February fifteenth, nineteen twenty one? Nineteen twenty one. This was a long time God. ago. This was a hundred years ago. Evan O'Neill Kane carried out uh, uh, carried out his own appendectomy in an attempt to prove the efficacy of local anesthesia for such operations. So this guy Whoa, was going, I believe in this so much. That's baller. I'm going to fucking <laughs> poke myself with a needle, stick some juice in me, and then show all you fucks that don't believe me that I can pull out my own appendix because I won't feel see, it. See, even if that person did that, I wouldn't believe them because I'd just be like, this is some David Blaine yeah. fucking magic trick shit. Because, because uh, along <laughs> with, because it's not just, the thing that, if you're somebody who doesn't get grossed out and you're a, you're a surgeon, like you're a surgeon, you're somebody who's like yeah. used to that. Yeah. Still, you have to psychologically deal with the fact that it's your fucking stomach yeah. that is open. Yeah. Yeah. And also you don't it's have hardcore. the best like visual angle to like, no, like your line of sight looking down. So sometimes, sometimes they use mirrors. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They must, which then you're, then you're doing that whole weird thing where you're Whoa, like, yeah, backwards. backwards, right? Like, whoops, snip the wrong um, one. So this guy, this guy, Evan Kane, not only did he do that, fast forward to 1932, he performed an even more risky self-operation on repairing a hernia 
at the age of 70. Well, yeah. Yo, this guy wasn't fucking around. He's just a, he's just a, um, he's a, he's, he's a bit uh, this, of a This yeah. lane of, uh, of, of medical practice that we're going down is like 228 hours or whatever. Um, 128 hours. Yeah, it's too much like that, and it makes yeah. me feel too weird. Like that I, was super necessary. Uh, on August 1944, sure. Jock McLaren, an Australian army officer, conducted an appendectomy. So a lot of them were appendectomies uh, without anesthesia of any kind, using only a pocket knife and a mirror. He then proceeded to suture himself with what he only had on hand, jungle fiber. That's in quotes. Uh, his jungle fiber. I, it's probably just some like vines. some like yeah yeah exactly. It's just vines. It's like he he was it, uh, yeah he was at Jungle Gyms and <laughs> the restaurant here in Halifax. Uh, on April thirtieth, nineteen sixty one, uh, the one that I just told you about, Leonid uh, Rogozov. Um, uh, he was the only physician on staff. The operation lasted one hour and 45 minutes. That guy did that for one hour and 45 minutes on himself, removing his uh, appendix. That's so crazy. With no anesthetic, which is fucking gnarly. Here's a really interesting one. A male student who had already performed a self-castration was the subject of a 1979 oh. case report uh, by Callan. The student sometime after his self-castration also attempted to reduce the activity of his adrenal glands with an injection of bovine serum albin, album, lutzing hormone releasing hormone, and Freud's adjuv, adjuvant. I like those words. Yes. <laughs> I think that guy had a problem. Uh, in 2000, this is recent. This is 20, too, 21 way, years ago. Way too recent. A Mexican woman, Enriz Ramirez, was forced to resort to self surgery. A self-inflicted cesarean section. Whoa. Because of a lack of medical assistance during a difficult labor. Quote, she took three small glasses of hard liquor and using a kitchen knife, sliced her abdomen in three attempts. Holy fuck. Cut the uterus itself longitudinally. Holy shit. And delivered a male infant. Both mother and child reportedly survived and are now well. Oh, can you imagine? No. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so so then then th- this is all come from wikipedia this is all a wikipedia article called self-surgery then i was going through there's a whole section of amputation of trapped limbs so again coming yeah. back to 128 days later or, or, or whatever the fuck that <laughs> is 127 hours yeah you got a zombie bite and yeah, you're yeah, just yeah cutting off that limb before you turned into a whole zombie yeah. um so you got a bunch of those fucks that are cutting off their arms and shit because yeah. they're stuck somewhere. What, how but does then, James but, Franco get good acting roles without one arm? Okay. Um, <laughs> that was uh, a bad but, joke. But then there, there, was, was, joke. The, was... there was this one word here that I'd never seen before called self-trepanation. And this is where the rabbit hole mm-hmm. got much more interesting. You Do you know what trepanation is? Or yes. tre- trepanning? No. no. Trepanning. Trepanning? Trepanning? Uh, trepanning or trepanning, also known as trepanation, trepanation. Uh, Trepfination, trepfinning, or making a burr hole. What the fuck is that? Is a surgical <laughs> intervention in which a hole is drilled or scraped into the human skull. The intentional perforation of the cranium exposes the dura matter to treat health problems related to intracranial diseases or release pressured blood buildup from an injury. It may also refer to any burr hole created through other body surfaces, including nail beds. A trepine, uh, 
or trephine, is an instrument used for cutting out a round piece of skull bone to relieve pressure beneath a surface. Now, this goes back fucking can I just, way back. Can if you I, look at this here, this is an old, old oh, photo oh, from 1988. Uh, I, was I like, think the best part is the nun with a book on her head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, and then this guy dressed as the fucking Tin Man. <laughs> yeah. The Tin Fryer, Man's doing the operation. Fryer so, Tuck is And here. this person's so fucking bored, they're balancing a book on their head. <laughs> uh, this is a painting by uh, an artist with the last name Bosch. The title of the painting is The Extraction of the Stone of Madness. The Extraction of the Stone of Madness. Um, In ancient times, holes were drilled into a person's head who was behaving in what was considered an abnormal way to let out what people believed were evil spirits. That's Uh, fucking crazy. Evidence of trepanation have been found in prehistoric human remains from Neolithic times onward. The bone that was uh, trepanned was kept by the prehistoric people and may have been uh, worn as a charm to keep evil spirits away. Guys, how dumb were people? Dude, like yeah, how gullible, yeah, how yeah. fucking gullible were people? Imagine, well, imagine we were, imagine we were a tribe of four people right now and we had no, like we didn't know science. And then I was like, hey, so guys. we're the government of Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> I, gonna, I was like, I'm gonna, hey guys, I'm gonna push back on this dumbness. Just, just really quick, just really quick. Imagine that that I was like, hey guys, Taylor's acting a bit weird. Don't you guys think so? I think we've got to we get should the drill evil into his spirits head. out yeah. of his head. Yeah. And the only way is to use this drill. Can you imagine having yeah. the common sense that we have now, but living then and hearing that <laughs> yeah. there's a group of people oh, that are man. about to do that to a poor yeah. man and being like Oh, it's basically like Guys, a plot line, please of, don't. Plot line yeah. of Army of Darkness. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, uh, evidence also suggests that trepanation was a primitive emergency surgery after head wounds to remove shattered bits of bone from fractured skull and clean out the blood that often pools under the skull after a blow to the head. So although, yes, there's like some silly, you know, the spirit part, the spirit part. But 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 it was being used in ways that were maybe it, saving lives. It is kind of yeah. funny how they probably learned that. Like one person probably fell off and a also, cliff, smashed their head, and they're like, "Drill, drill it, and release the blood." And they did, and then they were like, "It worked. This Let's is, do it for everything th- now." What we're talking about right here is literally the the origin story of neurological surgery. Right. Yeah. Like this is how neurosurgery began. This is this is literally the, the 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 very first like baby steps into it. And here I was thinking it was all all had to do with smelling burnt toast. <laughs> uh, the primary the, the primary theories for the practice of trepanation in ancient times include spiritual purposes and treatment for epilepsy, headache, <laughs> head wound, and mental disorders. Like imagine we can be like, oh, fuck, I got a headache just from fucking fucking just putting an ice pick through your head. So so that's trepanation. That's like kind of the history of it a little bit and like mo- and, and so, just a glimpse of it. Wait, but mostly were people doing this to themselves or like this no. is just sort of like trepanation, a- self-trepanation is not a thing until this except guy. for this woman. Oh. Trepanation involves drilling so back to the the self-surgery page. Uh the most famous instances of self-trepanation are those of Amanda Fielding a guy named Joey Mellon. <laughs> That's which is Fielding's right. domestic partner. And a guy named Bart Hughes, um, who influenced both Melling and Fielding. So I was like, who this the fuck is, is Am- who the fuck is Amanda Fielding? Well, let's go down that rabbit hole. Cult. On to Amanda Fielding's Wikipedia page. Amanda Fielding, Escaping also known as Countess <laughs> of Wymus and March, was born in 1943. She's an English drug policy reformer, a lobbyist, and a research coordinator 
1998, she founded the Foundation for Further, Further Consciousness, later renamed the Beckley Foundation, which is a charitable trust which initiates, directs, and supports neuroscientific and clinical research into the effects of psychoactive substances. She was a very big proponent of stuff like LSD and uh, psychedelics for, for use to, to potentially treat mental uh, illness and mental diso- disorders. Um, but she also kind of fell into this world of exploring trepanation to see what possibly could exist within using that as a form of treatment. So she made a booba. Uh, well, it, so there's a lot of people that would agree with that, but there's an entire school of people that think that she potentially was onto something. However, is the school accredited? Uh, it's, there's, there's people that actually are, are not crazy that are, that are saying it's quite possible that she's onto something, but in order for us to look into this, not ethical, it's, it's (laughs) fully fucking impossible. It's not ethical and it's not possible for us to do this, which is why she fucking did it to herself. So, uh, so Amanda Fielding, she was doing self trepanation. She did it with a dental drill. Um, and she also made a film of the entire process that was called Heartbeat in the Brain. Uh, the 1998 documentary, A Hole in the Head, contains footage from heartbeat in the brain. Fielding also began to microdose herself with LSD while she was in her late 20s. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, uh, she did this, documented it. Hamilton Morris, who is the host of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, which is an incredible show all about psychedelics and drugs in general, he got his hands on the footage of the self-trepanation Oh, and he remixed it to a techno beat. Well, That's he cool. didn't, but there is music here, oh, and I don't right. know if this will fly on YouTube, so we might lose the audio for this on YouTube, but here's a clip from Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia of him watching the footage of Miss Fielding cutting a hole in her head. I decided to make the hole in the median line, just above the hairline. Now, he's watching this with someone in a theater. Keep my hair out of the way. The dark glasses I wore to keep the blood from trickling into my eyes. She's wearing I glasses to keep blood phone. out of her eyes. They she trimmed her hair on her bangs, and now she has a dental drill. And she's fucking busting a hole. This might be the craziest thing I've ever seen. I stopped drilling every now and then. I think. Now, very important to listen to what she says when she's done about how she felt after it was finished. That sounds good to me. Fast forwarding, fast forwarding. She said the brain is soft like a pudding. No more resistance. Like the tide coming in. It was a feeling of elation and relaxation. Later in the evening, I noticed a silence in my head. Having cleaned up and had a bath, we went out and had a steak for supper to make up for the lost blood and then went to a party we'd been asked to. All this took place in 1970. Now, eight years later, I can say that the experience of it is as good, if not better. 
So there you go. It also sounds like a horror film. It does. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you said that she was microdosing LSD. She was doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she, but she's a big, she's a big proponent of, of psychedelics and a lot of her, a lot of her, so again, like she's, she's not a dumb woman. She, she is, she's, she's quite. That just goes to a place where I really can't. <laughs> so here's the thing. I can't I, go there. I knew you were going to say this and I, and I love it because the thing that I find interesting about this is it's it's funny to me that you you because I don't feel the same way. It's funny to me that you sit there and you go, that's fucked. No, not like it. There's nothing valuable to this. And it's it's not like it, there's no truth to what she's saying. And I don't fucking believe it. But how the fuck do you know? You know, like think about think about ages and ages and ages ago. When doctors like before, magnets, before, How the fuck do they no, no it's, but this is this is not that. This is not that. Think about like think about before we had germ theory, right? Tide goes in. Before goes in. before we had germ theory, or or like when doctors were like smoking in the fucking doctor's office, the thought of someone going, "This is bad. You shouldn't be doing this because this is going to cause cancer." They're going to go, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like that? Like this is this is normal for us. So this is the only thing that we." We don't know anything of what you're saying to be true. And so we're just not going to believe it. So let's say, let's just say for the sake of argument that she is actually on something and that drilling a small hole into your, your m- m- whatever, derma, dura matter, dura matter Herba, actually does Herba like, dur- actually does, <laughs> does produce some sort of like elating, elation effect that, that, clears your mind and and has some sort of like some sort of change in terms of the blood flow to your brain that has like a positive benefit but Jared, but, but we Jared, don't have we, but we, I, dude, the me, risk let reward just, just is let me let me for a second so sure, Jared, but you're saying you're saying the risk reward from a place of like oh but if you no, drill no, no, a hole no. in your head you're guaranteed to be fucked from it no, dude, no, that's no, not no. that's not a guarantee Jared, Jared, if that listen, was a thing that if, i didn't say that but that that is what you're saying no, I'm just saying it's fucked. No, let me for a second. Let me for a second. No, 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 no. You're not just saying it's you're, it's fucked. You are saying it is fucked, and that there's no possibility that she's right. Can I, can I just say, Jared, just for one I second? I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, are though. Okay, so Taylor, you're your kind camera, of like that's fucking crazy. That camera's off. Again. So, so yes, Taylor is kind of like that. But Jared, you're in principle, Jared. You're right. People shouldn't think that's what like I'm that. saying. Yeah, you're. Yeah. But also, to Tay's defense, dude, if I don't care what the fuck she said about how good that fucking feels, you know how many more safe things that you could try before getting to the point where you drill a fucking hole in your head that could like to me it's they, like the did sounding, you try meditation well, to me it's did the, you try yeah to me yoga? it's like the, it's the sounding thing it's like for someone to go for someone to go sounding shoving a giant fucking chopstick down your pee hole is it there is no benefit to that and there's no way that that feels good but there's people out there that go you know what it's the fucking yeah but do you think that they should do that yeah if it feels good do it absolutely yeah if if you're into sounding and you want to do that because it feels good to drill bit I think there's safer ways to practice that. Stuff. Oh no, but no, 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 no. Are you? What are you talking about? Sounding or 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 the trepanation? I thought you were talking specifically about drill bit sounding. <laughs> because, oh, <laughs> oh, from the from your mom's. Yeah. Hey man, it's a specific subculture <laughs> of sounding. Fucking, <laughs> fucking do it if that if that makes I you think feel if, good. I think if there's if there's uh, tools 
that are made for safe sounding practices and it feels good for you, you should do it. Absolutely. I totally agree. Drilling a fucking hole in your head because some woman in I do not think, said it felt good. Well, don't no, don't conflate what I'm saying with me thinking it's a good idea that she drilled a hole in her no, fucking saying, head on her living room be open floor. To it. You're saying be I'm, open. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. don't don't shut down the idea that there's actually potentially a possibility of something being beneficial there. That she had the fucking gusto to go. I'm gonna. Exp- I'm gonna explore this. But the. But the point is to is shut that, that down. We, is to me is like. Well, uh, then you're. you're just, well, I don't think anybody's shutting it down because silly. because we already know that there's potential <clears throat> benefits to doing. Like there's there's certainly situations where drilling into the the skull to release pressure and and you know built up blood. Like they were saying, they were talking about the medical practices of it. She's talking about it for a specific reason which there is no scientific evidence to support that at this time because and no one's going to no one's going to do it right but there's also probably other safer better practices to get the same achieve the same outcomes than drilling into your brain specifically though in principle yeah. yes you should be open to ideas of things that could yeah that's potentially be that's beneficial. my only that's my only totally, point totally that's agree. my only point to sit here and go <laughs> Fuck this bitch. <laughs> I which is what Taylor said. Which is what Taylor said before. Because I, no, I showed you guys this video before this started, and Taylor went, "She's a bitch, fucker. I hate her." And no, also I anything did. that no, you, you did say that, and I was like, "Well, we're not going to fucking Dude. put that." We, and I'll cut this out. I'll cut, the, I'll cut this out because we don't want this. We don't want this out on the on the podcast for people to know that you think <laughs> that, or that you think that female Olympic athletes are fucking weak. So, wow. I, well, we'll keep all of that. Like, <laughs> oh my god, we'll, I'll make a note right now. We're going to cut this. Thank out. God, we'll, we'll cut, cut that. We'll cut that out. Hey, this is the part where we get to where we're like, we'll definitely, absolutely have to cut that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And welcome. But it's welcome funny as it's funny as Jer, I'm not. I but, won't, but 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 Jer, I just want to point out that you that before uh. I said any of what you said, I said you just thought that because you mounted your own defense of what oh, I you just think I already I think. knew I already knew I already knew what you were going to think. Dude, I fully already knew where you were going to take this. And you did. <laughs> I don't think I went anywhere. Where, I think where you, you go. I think you all right, all right, then you tell I me. think you you fabricated an then experience about, in your own you t- mind. Then how about you tell me what your thoughts are on that? My thoughts on her doing that are wow. <laughs> She drilled a fucking hole in her own goddamn head. Dude, I don't think about that very much past that. You think I'm that's and no no. No, and that's and that's but no, that's my point. You don't think about it anything else beyond that. And that's my point. That is my Are point. you disagree that that is so fucking abstract that oh. there are most people in the world don't think beyond Wow, that's fucked. No, no, I totally agree with that. I, I, I mean, dude, I just watched a woman drill a hole in her head after she cut her bangs. Dude. Like, I, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. That's insane. I love this because you guys are, are but I'm also going to not here. arguing because no. you're not disagreeing because you're not even talking about the same things. Fuck, it's so good. Oh my oh, god. So here's good. here now. I saved this. I knew that this was going to go this direction. I, I hate sa- that woman. I saved this. <laughs> I saved this. Uh, uh, Fielding believed that trepanation could expand consciousness and reduce neuroses. Uh, The practice has gone on to gain the support from the medical community over the years. And there are now studies going into trepanation as a legitimate form of treating every mental illness under the 
under the sun. Okay, Jer, I want to reiterate <laughs> that what you think <laughs> I think. Do you not hear what he just made that up? Yeah, I did. It's, it's, it, it says it, do, it does say that uh, although Fielding believes trepanation can expand consciousness and reduce neuroses, the practice has gained no support from the medical community over the years. Yeah, I was going to say, also, who Fuck. is the medical community specifically? Because that's a very broad Dude, community. Jared, did you just no, you gaslight me? You want to hear, yeah, yeah. Yeah. hear something really fucking crazy, though? Fielding ran for British Parliament twice in 1979 and 1983 on the platform. This was their platform. Trepanation for the national health. With the in- intention of advocating research into its potential benefits, she advocated the, the provision of the procedure by the National Health Service. 35 years later, she initiated what and was involved in research into the psychological effects of trepanation mm. and cranial yeah. compliance at the Setrov <laughs> Institute of Evolutionary Psychology and Biochemistry, which is located in Russia. Hey, yeah. can, can I now, can, wait wait wait, can you imagine her campaign? Like her just standing at a podium going, "I swear holding up a drill. I swear to god, you drill a hole in your Someone come head. up here. I'll fucking show you. <laughs> and it makes you feel amazing. Oh my god. Nobody will have to work. We'll just fucking drill holes in. Oh her my heads. god. Yeah. She's still alive. So it I must th- be good, good for her. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, I think my favorite thing on her on her Wikipedia page uh, is the sentence: uh, "Fielding learned about the ancient practice of trepanation from Bart Hughes, who she met in 1966, and who published a scroll on the topic. A scroll, uh-huh. a scroll. Uh-huh. This guy, they, we're publishing uh, scrolls in 1966. They met at a, yeah, met at a music then, festival. And uh, then one of her sons' <laughs> names is Cosmo Birdie Fielding Mellon. Never mind. I immediately uh, believe everything. Hey, my dad's name is Cosmus. That's why I believe this shit so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's not, yeah, really. That's not a lie. That's the only the true one. thing that Jerry said in the last five minutes. <laughs> well, there we go, folks. That was our What the Health segment. Um, uh, patrons, we are so glad that you joined us on this fun little um, uh, journey into the weirdness and wonderful world of health. Um, oh, also, we had a we had a, um, a, a poll question here. Do you have the gusto to do self-surgery? Uh, one answer was buck up or shut up. And the other one was, no, I'm a wuss wuss. Uh, 75% of you are wusses and, uh, 25% of you said buck up or shut up. I would under, who the fuck, under, who the fuck said that? I gotta, I gotta look at this shit. If it necessitated (laughs) it, I would do it. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, you don't really, I don't think I would have a choice. You don't think you would, if you were going to die, if the, if the option was die or do this and maybe not die, you wouldn't. If you had to cut off your arm. I would do self-trepanation, but no, I ain't going to cut (laughs) If you had to cut, if you had to cut off your arm to get out of a a rock climbing accident. That looks fun. Did you hear what she said? She went in for a fucking steak dinner after like. Into a party. To replace the black. Which which, uh, she (laughs) probably was the life of. She also has pigeons as pets, so I don't think we can trust her. Um, Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you are listening at home on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or the CBC Listen app, and if you are listening from those places, uh, hit follow on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the rating and review of um, of uh, what you think of the podcast. <laughs> Great, and then uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, uh, leave a comment below. Let us know what you think of self trepanation and all the other crazy stuff that we talked about, like Alberta. And uh, and <laughs> our, our, to, to our patrons there, thank you for joining us on this stream. This was very fun. Looking forward to doing this in the future. God, what a great thing that we have going here with you patrons, because we can do this with you. And uh, and hey, you know, it's fun. It's fun. We do this and it's fun that and you're here and uh, the, it's it's easy and accessible for anybody to really 
be here with us. It just, it only happens if you're a patron, but anyway. Um, so <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> I got a, got a, got a beat around the bush there. Yeah. Uh, you could probably Google. How no, 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 no. Can't say that. Don't say that there, but now can't say that. Definitely. I'm not telling you. Don't, do don't, 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 don't. If you, yeah. uh, Hey Tay, how can people reach out to us if they want to? Well, if people want to reach out to us and, Ask us about how they might become a patron. You could do that by sending us a letter to letters at sickboypodcast.com or you could slippity slide into those DMs and uh, maybe you, you can send us a message live. Of you self-trepanating yourself. Yeah, when we're doing, while we're doing the show, you might be able to do that, but there's a certain criteria that you have to meet. But anyway, <laughs> we talked about that. We don't want to beat horse to, uh, horse to death. Um, Lo, do we have a... Um, do we have a, uh, a a letter to share this week? Oh, I'm glad you asked. We sure do. Uh, so this letter comes to us from our friend Sarah uh, about a discussion we had uh, on last week's Feel Good Friday episode. She wrote, hey, guys, had to actually pull over and write this because I love you, sweet babies. And I hear you grasping at ideas without any actual information, <laughs> which I think maybe could be the tagline of this podcast. <laughs> maybe. I was going to say that totally could yeah, be the tagline. That sums it up. Yeah, the bro dog science, she wrote. <laughs> it's usually uh, Taylor and Jared, mostly. So she wrote... Did uh, you not hear the tre- trepanation thing there? <laughs> trepanation, the sounding of the head. Uh, Brian was talking about emotional support animals. Oh, shit. Uh, ESAs, yes, it's a total scam for the most part. There's no online registry for service dogs, so when we are shown a certificate or a card, we know that it is fake. I've had people come to my puppy class with an emotional support animal tag and proudly tell me that they take their dog to the mall now. People are trying to find loopholes to take their dogs more places, and they're putting real service dogs in danger. Mm. The issue isn't so much that it lessens the importance of service dogs or that it's taking advantage. Service dogs, dogs that perform actual trained tasks to aid the handler and can in some cases cost upwards of tens of thousands of dollars are having their careers ended by run-ins with these fake uh, ESAs, emotional support animals slash service dogs. Mm. If you dive into this um, issue online, you'll find a ton of videos of service dogs with fake vests they got off Amazon. Fuck Jeff Bezos, she wrote. Uh, Lunging (laughs) and barking at actual trained service dogs, like in restaurants and on planes, upside down smiley face. I've read their countless stories of service dogs being attacked or having traumatic incidents that ended their Mm. careers because they could no longer confidently perform their jobs in the environments required. So you could be ruining the career of a dog who a person might have just spent tens of thousands of dollars on. Yes, there is a bigger issue uh, with how not dog friendly our area is in Halifax, um, but we've got this weird vicious cycle going. Dogs aren't welcome everywhere, so the dogs get accustomed to life downtown, out in public, and busier areas. Uh, we see problem behaviors and reactivity, so really it would help if we could start raising dogs so they could come to many more places to have that be normal for them. Mm, Socialize, bless. yeah. Um, but we can't start letting dogs come everywhere because of the problematic behavior and reactivity issues. So it's a larger one and one that doesn't have an easy answer. Yeah, no, no one wants one, dogs coming everywhere. No anyway. one, no yeah. one should come everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So she uh, encourages everyone to take their puppies to puppy classes, work with professional trainers, and start socializing their dog with the world right off the bat. And when you start to notice issues, seek help right away. Oh yeah, baby. So uh, the TLDR for your listeners is: don't be like Brian. Whoa. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Whoa. Thank you. Hey, I just want to say Burn. Sarah's really uh Sarah's really cool. On I think she's on Instagram at I think it's Call of the Wild. 
canine services. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, definitely check her out. She does. Um, I, I was going through her website the other day too. And um, I might butcher this a little bit, but part of what she does is, is take dogs on like wilderness treks because like and leaves them yeah <laughs> she's yeah. like oh you don't like your dog don't worry about it i got you i'll take them as far away from it's, the civilization as possible and let them be on their it, own it's actually really interesting because um part of like uh, i guess there's like a lot of science to back the fact that like dogs um um can benefit immensely from spending time in nature and a lot of dogs spend time in like uh suburban settings or urban yeah. settings and they don't get a lot of time to be like out in the woods and so it's really healthy for them so it's also i I also just read this i think this was a blog on her website too that dogs that wake up an hour earlier uh 23 percent less depression depression. yeah Yeah, right makes sense yeah uh sweet well uh thanks so much to the people who make this show happen um our patrons we couldn't do this without you Mm -hmm. uh lauren sankey taylor mcgillivray jeremy saunders and myself hosting the show jeff lonis our manager we love you very much rich o'coin thanks so much for the theme music and to everybody else who helps with the show outside of these Feel Good Friday episodes, we love you. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. <clears throat> I hate people who drill hole in their he- holes in their head. <laughs> I'm Taylor. I love everyone. I'm Lauren. Hi. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.